It goes live radio network. important stuff on the Giggles Live Radio Network. Important stuff episode four. I'm Tom McLean here with Tommy McLean and Stephen Gama. So glad I'll sit down with you guys as always. Yeah. Talking all things important. All what? things important. Important stuff. All things import and all things port and port. all things imported. Im- important stuff and stuff. <laughs> Imported stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're really excited to sit down again, and uh, we've been looking at the ship schedules, and and it's going to be a very busy July. Yes, busy, busy July for the port of Wyneme. It looks like 40 ships, close to 40 ships are coming in. That's amazing. And for every ship that comes in, it's got to go back out. That's right. So you're going to see a lot of action out here. Mm -hmm. And then every ship that comes in leaves stuff behind. Yeah, a lot of stuff, and then you're gonna see all that action. So yeah, it's like life, you know, life. Now, how much stuff leaves the port of Wainimi as opposed to stuff that comes into the port of Wainimi? Um, probably, I'd say like ninety five percent. And the the um, the new tractors, Caterpillar sends a lot of uh, equipment through. Brand new dump trucks, tractors, oh. excavators, loaders. There's also all this stuff that looks like wash plants. A lot of a uh, um, what do you call that? That when they redo a road that comes and grinds up the asphalt and mm-hmm. turns it into new asphalt. Uh-huh. See a lot of those um, transformers. Just this week, a two hundred and eighty thousand pound transformer was uh, put on a trailer, and this trailer had thirty two axles and sixty four oh. wheels. Wow! And it's like it was right near our office, and some, and then it involves the California Highway Patrol. Um, and then I always like to talk to the guys cause they were setting up by my, by our office and, um, where are you going? We're going to Arizona and, um, wow. And so they have to have an escort mm-hmm. and, um, cause it's going to be taking up a few lanes they take all the way two, over there. Two lanes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Two lanes. And it's amazing. And you talk to these guys and, and they have a push truck and a pull truck and, you know, but yeah, there's so much stuff that comes and goes and, and it just leaves and a lot of people never see it leaving um but imagine trying to schedule the bathroom stops from here to arizona with all those guys yeah and uh <laughs> and not yeah because you you can't just stop anywhere yeah you can't you have to have at least 180 feet and you know you no backing up yeah <laughs> you know and it's probably not safe for a lot of the not safe but not um what do they call it? Rated for a lot of the overpasses because because a yep. lot of those have yep. certain weights and and stuff. height and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have to map it all out. And uh, in California, they can only go during the night. And then once they cross into Nevada, Arizona, um, they can drive all day long. But it's very slow. But it is interesting again because we don't get to see all the things. And and it's, the port is working twenty four seven, and um, they're loading out 
all the time. I mean, at any given time, you, you could see there's 12, maybe more mobile cranes moving around, moving mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and so it's a it's a place with a lot of risk and a lot of action and um, bananas. You know, we talk about bananas, but they're <laughs> a coming. Lot of a lot of bananas, a um, lot of cars. Um, That's one of our boats. favorites. Is the big Chiquita? Is it the yeah. Chiquita one that comes? In? Yeah. There's a couple of Chiquitas, yeah. and then there's another Del Monte. Yeah, Del Monte's the other one. Yeah. yeah, a couple of the big boats that come in and go bringing uh, bringing us those great bananas. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's you need a lot of bananas. So I want to find out that so the tanks that you've been working on are they? Is that where you hold the stuff that's brought in? Fertilizer, yeah. Okay, so that so the fertilizers are is brought in like in a tank then? In a tanker. In a tanker. Yeah. So the ship that we have coming is the Thile Victory, Uh and it's gonna scheduled to arrive on the 11th, and so we have to be prepared for it mm-hmm. and um and then there's a lot of moving things a lot of stuff happens sometimes it can be delayed i think we talked about last when it got its anchor stuck in the panama yeah, yeah. yeah. delayed it for a day or two so um yeah and then uh there's always some last minute changes but eventually we'll get her in and and then we'll unload her and that's a project in it of itself the wonderful longshoremen help us do that and we have this big old hose that you have to use a crane and you have to put it up on the ship and connect it to a manifold and then connect the other side to the dock line and then open up valves and then decide where it's going and then we have to call by radio and say okay let it rip and then we monitor radars and yeah it's a big Math intense project, and it fills up that tank. You've sent me a couple of pictures. You guys yeah. are standing inside that big old tank, yeah, and it's empty right now. Right now, it's empty because it, it 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 had a problem, and we fixed it. The crew just finished yesterday. Matter of fact, um, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And so, like a weld has to be inspected to make sure it doesn't have any holes, mm-hmm. and then if it doesn't pass, then it has to be redone and. It's crazy because a tank that big, I think it holds three million gallons. Wow. Yeah. And um and it's our largest tank and so it's forty six feet high, I believe. And uh it has to be watertight. It has to be airtight. Yeah, I imagine. And, then, you know, and so we just tore some major pieces out of the bottom and put it all back together, welded it together. Now we're getting ready to close it up. Um on the fifth of July we have the painting crew coming in. That's a whole nother dilemma. For the last couple of days, we've been setting up uh, scaffolding inside the tank, mm-hmm. which is another dangerous thing. And, um, so we repaired the stairs on the outside of the tank because it's like, okay, we're going to be f- repairing it, and it's empty, so we might as well take this opportunity to, to redo the stairs and we replace like 27 stairs. And you have to weld, cut them off with hot torches, and then re-weld them on. And so on the inside of the tank, it, it left a scar. So now we had to build scaffolding to to prep all that to be repainted and and it's real specialized coating mm-hmm, that goes imagine. down yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really pretty when it's done it's like beautifully so do you are you do you enter the tank when it's empty normally or is this a was this is this like a one off because of the needing the repairs yeah we um when a tank is empty there's a bunch of preventative maintenance you have to do on a schedule and so in order to do it on the inside, you have to empty the tank. But, you know, the outside, you could do things, but you can't introduce heat and certain things. But, um, yeah, and when it gets empty, it gives you that opportunity to go inside and inspect 
Mm-hmm. That's another thing. So, okay, well, you got the empty tank, and we know where the leak was. So now you inspect the whole, every weld in there, and um, because you have the opportunity. And so, yeah, you don't get to go in very often. So, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting for me because I'm just like learning. Yeah. You never, you never stop learning, you know? It's like being a, a big kid, just being in, in big old giant chunks of metal put together to do big, magnificent things. <laughs> yeah, and I, um, you know, my role is to assist my manager um, and make sure everybody's adhering to safety rules, mm, you know. And yeah. um, for example, you have to be a certified forklift driver. You have to be a certified welder, right? You're going to have somebody come and weld your gazillion dollar tank and not make sure they're certified you right know? exactly yeah. yeah so there's a lot of that's you know nor under normal circumstances it's pretty chill because everything's working trucks are coming in the boats the ships are coming offloading trucks are taking it right everything's working and it's pretty chill but then march 17th came along and we had this problem Oy. yeah <laughs> but we're almost back to normal which be exciting oh that's good What's going on, man? You doing good? Um, yeah, I guess so. You guess <laughs> he's like still thinking about the Californian. I know. I was just Cal- looking at the at the at the um, information that's available. 1902, it had been in the water ten years. Wow. Yeah, the the Californian was sitting right there and ignored supposedly ignored the the yeah, Titanic the Titanic's flares and warning yeah. signals, even though the passengers. The survivors of the Titanic say that they could see it in the distance. The yeah, yeah, and it says here the other yeah. ship was a British steamship, the SS Californian, a vessel that completed its maiden journey a decade earlier in 1902. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow, what's crazy about the Californian? Um, I think, I think it sunk in the World War One. Oh, it got sunk in World War One, huh? Yeah. Interesting, and um, so. And in the contrast to to the Californian, we had another hero ship like our Bahama Star yeah. who showed up and yeah, saved the uh, one saved all the Titanic survivors. Um, the Carpathia, RMS Carpathia, she was a Cunard um, steamer. Um, Cunard is the same ones that owned um, Queen Elizabeth and Queen Mary. Now Port of Long Beach owns her, but. Um, <laughs> Conard Line, she's still, Conard Line's still around today. They're owned by Carnival, but um, they're still around. Anyways, oh. the um, the um, Carpathia, um, they picked up, um, they picked up all the passengers. Um, it would have been really convenient if the um, the Californian came over because the Carpathia is four hours away and the ship was gonna sink in. Do you know the name of a half or something like that? Do you know the name of the captain? Um, do I know the name of the captain? His name was Arthur Uh, Rostron. Oh, from the Carpathia? Yeah, I just pulled it up on the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it does. It it praises him as being um, a hero. Well, they they even knew that there were ships in closer proximity and still like altered course to come help the Titanic. And so he 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 gathered that available information, and at the time it was the uh, SOS um, being sent out, and uh, he uh, altered his course, and it took him four hours to get there. And uh, yeah, he's a hero. Mm -hmm. They saved um, they saved seven hundred people that day. A little more than seven hundred people. 
Yeah, and if they would have gotten there earlier, which they couldn't have, yeah. but if, 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 if the Californian... If the Californian would have gotten yeah, there, that it, could have been another could have probably few saved hundred, yeah. every single person on there. Most uh, of them, yeah. Overcrowded, but um, still probably safe. And you know, that reminds me of another important risk management fact, and some of the fun thing about being a risk manager is when you come in after the fact, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah, and, for and, sure. And you're able to de decompose dissect what happened what went right what went wrong and it's easy to criticize it it's easy to say well the california should have been over there how come they didn't go over there mm -hmm. you know but again when you have all this time and a lot of scrutiny it's you know it's not too many places to hide <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you didn't meet the call if you, you know? didn't do the right thing yeah yeah, yeah it was uh, it's a very strange story and I, I don't it's i think it's odd that more people don't know about it. And I kind of wish it was addressed at least a little bit in the big movie. I understand. Yeah. You can only have yeah. so many subplots in a movie. But yeah. And from what I understand, Cameron did put a shot of it in the distance in part of the sinking of the Titanic in the movie. From what I understand. I don't, I don't even remember that. But I I remember, at some point, there was somebody came and was picking people out of the water. Yeah, yeah. that was the Carpathia. In the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Carpathia. Um, there's actually a... There's actually a Carpathia room on the um, um, on the Queen Mary. Oh yeah, that's right. They yeah. do have a room named after the the Carpathia. But yeah, that's the that's the thing is you have your people that answer the call and do the right thing when when they're supposed to, and then yep. you have to the contrary, you have people who look the other way or. You know, like we yeah. talked about um, the Yarmouth Castle captain. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just he just left his ship. Yeah, yep. Take off, abandoned ship, and took off. Well, that's the. It's a pretty crazy thing when you think about it. It's a lot of responsibility when these captains they leave and they are expected to deliver that ship. Yep. Or they're expected to not be seen again. Yeah, go it's a really crazy thing. It is. It's absolutely crazy because you have expectations if you're the insurer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if you're the one underwriting the voyage, it's like, hey, we got expectations here. And um, that's a whole other interesting part of the whole story. And maybe start digging into the insurance recoveries and what went on there. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of um, accusations as far as, well, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about yeah. Titanic and why the Californian was there. And, yeah. you know, there, there was, because the Californian, I believe, was just sitting there. Like, it wasn't yeah. doing anything. It was just sitting there. Yeah, just sitting there. They were anchored because of the icebergs. So they, they, they took a different, oh, there's icebergs. We're just going to anchor for a little bit and let, let the danger yeah, pass. Let the danger pass, yeah. Yeah, they weren't in it. They, they didn't need to break any records and crazy. make any headlines. <laughs> Whereas the Titanic, yeah. like full mm -hmm. steam ahead. Yeah, we want the, the front page of the Times. Yeah, the, the Titanic, um, the iceberg that um, went with the that hit the Titanic. Um, it's actually one of actually one of hit the um, Titanic if it was if they expected because it's really rare for an iceberg like that. It broke off from way, way up north in the Arctic. Um, most of them dissolve by the time they get around. By the time they get around that area, most of them are completely dissolved. But they, uh, but this one somehow survived and it was still giant. Hmm. Oh, and yeah. I think they even were able to take pictures of it because they yeah, found they, it the no next way. Yeah. <laughs> they took they took one picture that might have actually been the Titanic iceberg. It doesn't have like a streak along the side of it or something. Oh, uh, might. Or am I imagining that part? 
I wonder what was it global warming or was the iceberg? How did it break away? I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder, and you wonder too. Was that the iceberg? Because there there had been warnings of icebergs. So yeah. was there that one rogue one that was out there that was this terrifying everybody? Big old iceberg <laughs> bobbing around the ocean. They say it was huge though, because underwater it was like underwater. It was yeah, it was like fifty tons underwater. It was a big, it was a wow. big piece of ice. Is that something that ships still encounter? Is there still iceberg issues, or is that? Um... Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, yeah, it just depends where you're headed. You know, there's those ships that are called icebreakers that yeah. are employed in and around Alaska. Um, yeah, we our friend uh, Tim McGillan was telling us about those. They have those out in Michigan too because yeah. the lake freezes over. Yeah, they have to go. <laughs> yeah. Another interesting uh, of. M- you know, modern engineering marvel where they're just using the water to move back and forth to break the ice. Yeah. They have the ones where you go up and then just move the water. Yeah. It's so crazy. It is crazy. Um, And they shift the weight. They shift the weight and they figure out ahead of time how to tackle the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, rather than just blindly going into it and seeing what happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But icebergs are, they got to be fun to hang around with because... You know, they're all unique. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's different. Uh-huh. What's interesting is there's people that'll go and they climb on them. Or they'll just, they'll. What's the up? smallest piece of ice that could be determined to be an iceberg? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, Versus an ice cube. Not the wrapper. I don't know. <laughs> I don't study icebergs. I just study <laughs> He's like, I don't study icebergs? Yeah. <laughs> Who studies icebergs? I don't study icebergs. I just study the ships that it sinks. <laughs> <laughs> Has an iceberg ever sunk another ship? Um, There's a few times where yeah? an iceberg... Yeah, they're earlier than Titanic. Um, I believe... Is it the SS Viking? I think it might have been a ship named the SS Viking. It, so I'm not 100% sure, though. I could be wrong. Hmm. But um, yeah. And the ice causes a ton of problems in yeah, Michigan. I know, we I know hear about for that. Sure. Yeah. I know for sure it was an 1800s ship. Um, the Carpathia actually sunk um, in the war too. Uh, I believe she was torpedoed down. Oh no! Wow. Yeah. In World War One. Um, World War One. Yeah. Wow. So the Carpathia and the and the Californian. Yeah, they both saw all three of those ships are at the bottom of the ocean now. It's so crazy to think of that. Really? It's so crazy how many boats are made and how many boats just we go through over time. Yeah. I heard there was three mil- over three million shipwrecks at the bottom of the ocean. Three million? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah, what did they say? 8,000 just at the bottom of the Great yeah. Lakes, too. Just in the Great Lakes, there's like 8,000. The Great Lakes is an ocean in its own right, you know? I mean, yeah. it's dangerous out there. <laughs> It is, yeah. The we've been kind of seeing the stuff about the November storms that they get and mm-hmm. how it's just just game changers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the Great Lakes, though, if you're caught in a storm, you know whichever way you're going, you're going to find land eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's good to know. Yeah, at least you... it's gonna be a weird feeling to be out there and go. All right, how far away am I from anything? Yeah. <laughs> I'm nowhere near anything. I just think that's a brave, like the the captains that go out there and they take the crews and they're like, no, I'm gonna, because really it's a it's it's a, something where you're going. I'm gonna take responsibility for these people. Somebody has to make the decisions. It's not an easy job, and I'm gonna be the one that that will take that responsibility. It's really impressive. Yeah, and when when our ship, the Thal Victory, that's coming um, July 11th, 
when it's done with us, and then it goes up to Stockton. Oh, nice. And then that's a um, whole nother shipping oh, yeah. story because I, they come through the... to Stockton. They come through the San Francisco, I think. Yeah, probably. And then they somehow go up the Delta, the river. Yeah, and you see them over yeah. there right off of I, I-5. There's yeah. a big port, port of Stockton. Yeah, there. we were... Um, yeah, um, my grandparents live in Citrus Heights around Sacramento area and we actually when we were driving over there i just saw these huge ships i was like amazed because they thought there's no oceans over here <laughs> I'm like how is that even possible um now i actually kind of figured that there was like a canal leading from the ocean to there but still it's amazing it's a river yeah, yeah. i think a canal is constructed a river is natural yeah yeah, mm. yeah. then there's a delta i don't know what a delta is but the first time I went over there, though, um, Delta's gonna be saw, big because yeah. Sacramento has a, a boat called saw, the Delta King. It's pretty yeah. big. I saw the um, it was like a cruise ship um, inside the Stockton port. Oh wow! Yeah, well, huge. I don't know what your schedule is, but after the Thile Victory leaves Wainimi, it's gonna go to Stockton. So you could actually see it in Wainimi, and then I think it takes like nine days. Wow, can I hitch a ride? <laughs> it's a boring ride though, because what I understand, once they come off the ocean and go through San Francisco, it, it like the the uh, Panama Canal is interesting because when the ships go through it, it's an airtight compartment, mm -hmm. and they'll fill it up with water mm -hmm. to raise the ship yeah. and then move it forward. And then they'll fill it up with more water, and they'll raise the yeah. ship, and then they'll move it forward. Yeah. And uh, and then they do the same coming down on the other side, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. you can't just go blazing through the Panama Canal. Right. But there's locks. They call them the locks. Yeah. And they lift them up. Yeah. But when they get to the Delta, then you're taking that ship down the middle of a narrow <laughs> river. And it is yeah. quite... I, I've a, I've been up there quite a bit, not a whole lot. I don't I'm not an expert, but I I do know that when you see a ship, you know there's no ocean around here. How did it get here? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It is. <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> well, I would love to do that. That'd be so cool. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> go yeah. do a go, go watch it coming through on a in the middle of nowhere up there. Yeah, and it's I guess I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they go under their own power or if they're being assisted. Oh yeah, they might be. Yeah, that's true. But the Panama Canal, I I do know there's rails that pull it through. I've I've seen the photos where there's like a rail on each side of the canal, mm -hmm. and so they'll have the tow lines, kind of guide it through the locks. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's pretty amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And it's amazing that that one one piece of equipment fits all like like any ship that they deem can fit through there will work. You know what I mean? Like. The ships are all different shapes and sizes. So when you see that kind of stuff, it's just amazing. Yeah. And I learned this the other day. It's like there's a rule that we have to have at least one foot of clearance between the bottom of the ship and the port of Wainimi. Hmm. And it's like one foot is not that much. No. And so then you think about, okay, so there's one foot of water between the bottom of the vessel and the bottom of the port of Wainimi. Oh. And then... You know, it's floating there, all that stuff. That's so crazy. It is crazy. crazy. It really is. That's wild. So speaking of Port Wainimi, how can we help make 
Port Wainemia a more beautiful town? Because I know you put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, don't litter it wherever you are. Yeah. We, we know that if you litter, it's going to probably end up in the ocean or in a creek or in a storm drain, and, yeah. and then it'll be out on the beach. Um, and the shipping industry years ago used to deposit all their trash into the ocean, and we know what that what happens with that yeah and so modern day they you know they don't do that um they are allowed to put their food waste in the ocean which i guess makes sense right yeah yeah biodegradables would make sense yeah sharks like bacon right i would think i would think yeah. they like bacon sausage yeah. <laughs> leftover seafood you know it's not gonna go to waste i would yeah i would think that that would be a good use of it i, I would imagine that there's a lot yeah. of sharks out there that appreciate there's a market for that yeah cigarette butts not so much right yeah exactly plastic forks no what is it that uh straws no what is it that kevin kevin brandon throws the boat burger the boat burger boat, boat burger throwdown yeah yeah, uh, yeah burgers are cool Shark might want a boat burger. Yeah. Styrofoam. No way. Yeah. No Styrofoam, way. plastic, cigarette butts. Yeah. Those are the things that come in many different... Well, the cigarette butts, not too many forms, but plastic. Think of all the different forms of plastic yeah, and yeah. rubber. And yeah. The worst one from what I know is the ones that like hold balls together. You know? Those ones. Those ones... <laughs> Hold the plastic bottles. Oh, bottles! bottles. <laughs> <laughs> they said balls together. I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Like, this ain't that kind of shit. No, you're right. We always cut them up. Yeah, because yeah, if you're gonna throw it in the trash, you know, we always yeah. cut them in case they somehow right. end up in the ocean. Yeah, like, yeah. like six rings. Yeah, like, or a six pack of soda would be like six rings. Yeah, because yeah, it's easy for yeah. smaller animals to get caught yeah, up in them. Yeah, yeah, like turtles when they eat it, they have these um, things in the back of their throat. Um, they swallow a lot of seawater when they eat, so they have them. So they uh, they throw up the water, uh, they keep the food in with these uh, things. But when they eat the plastic, the food gets caught up in that, and so they choke. Oh, no. And it kills them. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so hopefully we're heading into a era where the ocean can be free of additional litter, because from what I understand, there's so much out there that we'll never be able to get it all. I mean, you ever heard of that floating sea? Yeah, the floating island, supposedly the size of Texas. That's a big, big island. Yeah. 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 But it's kind of, it's bizarre because um, when the high tide comes, and I guarantee you could find this probably at any beach. So when we hear about these king tides, go out to the beach when the tide recedes, walk along that water line that's marked and cigarette butt cigarette butt piece of styrofoam piece of styrofoam cigarette butt plastic yeah, plastic yeah. plastic bag and so there's a lot of stuff that's coming in right from the yeah. ocean so it's you know so again it's really important for those ocean vessels to be responsible right be be good captains and it's equally important for the people on this side in the creeks and the royals and the parks and the freeways, wherever you are, just don't litter. You know, there's a place yeah. for your litter and it's not the, the drain. Yeah. And if you see it. some litter and you, you can, you're, it's within your means to pick it up, grab it. Cause it all will make its way down to our waterways that eventually makes it down to our oceans. Yeah. And then you're like, but I didn't throw it down. Yeah. But you're helping though. You know, be a part of the solution as they say. Yeah, because it's going to take everybody. It yep. really does. It takes everybody in order to, to keep it clean. And, you know, in our lifetime, I know I'm a little bit older than you, but in our lifetime, we've seen a tr- 
a very uh, dramatic increase in awareness. Um, and I just recall back in the day, um, oil, the way we handled oil on farms and other places was very irresponsible. There's movies out there that show when they first started realizing oil was an asset, something that could be beneficial to society. The first storage areas they had, they would just dig a reservoir. Yeah. Put, yeah. They'd put the oil in a hole, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and then, you know, the purists would say, yeah, but the oil comes from, it's natural coming from, yeah, but it still has, you know, yeah. dangerous aspect yeah. to it you know yeah. just like a rock a rock is natural yeah yeah, yeah but... it's a natural area is underground where animals cannot get to it yeah on the surface where a bird could bathe in it and need, <laughs> need the need good people like the people in port wanimi to save it yeah still makes it pretty flammable too right yeah yeah, I mean, yeah it's all it, very flammable and the life life of uh of modern society involves um everything comes from the earth Plastic comes from the earth. You know, yeah. It's not like being flown in from outer space. Um, everything is created on earth. And so if you're like the ultimate purist, you would say, well, everything's organic then. Kind of true, though, if you think about <laughs> it. Yeah, right? it <laughs> I mean, now, nowadays they're, they're, um, they could um, they make synthetic, synthetic chemotherapy. Oh, wow. How do I know that? Because I've been on chemo and I've asked the questions like, well, where does it come from? Well, like, originally it came from a plant, but, and now they have synthetic oils, right? So man is really good at breaking down what stuff is and then we can make it in the lab. Interesting. Really weird. It is. You know, we're going to, we're just about to run out of time. I want to get into that more because that is very fascinating. And the, I want to find out more about the the natural ways that they make the all that stuff. It's really cool. It's yeah, it's you could you could just about manufacture anything. I mean, we're getting to that point, right? Yeah, we are. Well, thanks for sitting down with us, fellas, and thanks for listening to Port and Stuff on the Giggles Live Radio Network. <laughs>